0: With films, whether it's the stories, who are the heroes, who are the villains. but If you want to get to the heat, the kind of beating heart of a culture, you need to watch the adverts. A film has got about two hours or more to tell its story, but an advert has got a maximum of 15 to 30 seconds to connect with the hopes, fears, aspirations of a culture. And there's many different types of adverts, but there are two that are quite common. Um, The first one is all to do with kind of connecting with people. And this time of year, the summer barbecue is a bit of a favorite. There'll be a whole range of different people and everyone's all getting on with each other. If it rains, well, hey, you know, everyone's all just uh, all together and it's okay. And I think that type of thing taps into a real human need that whole idea where we long for human belonging where we're known where we're accepted where we can be ourselves and we feel we make a difference and i think god has put that yearning for true community in our hearts however there's other types of adverts okay they're all to do with being by yourself being in control and away from interruptions so the kind of a person in their fast car or maybe on a deserted beach And the whole point is there's peace, there's calm, there's no one getting in the way of you and your dreams. And often these two things are in conflict. We want community, but then we want our independence. We want community, but actually we just kind of dip in and out of it when we actually fancy. And so with this, often in people's work situations, family, friends, or down your road, that type of community that we really kind of crave for often can seem just quite elusive and there's frictions divisions and distance but we're here today at church so surely things are different here surely at church we should just come together and everything all just fit together just fine and I have to say I am so grateful uh, for this place I just feel so blessed being part of this this group of people and I always feel I get so much more than I ever actually put in Um, but we do have to recognize that sometimes and for some people church can be tricky And that sense of community, again, sometimes for some people can be a bit elusive. And what should be plain and easy can sometimes be uh, painful or even difficult. So as we look at the passage today, there are three things. We're going to find out, first of all, why relationships and community is actually so difficult. We're then going to think about how we can grow as as a community of people in the whole area of caring for each other. And there's also in the passage one really common pitfall uh, which can actually trip us up again and again. So first of all then, why are relationships and communities so difficult? And the first part of the passage helps us on this because it talks about two sets of desires or two kind of natures within us. And it talks here about our sinful nature where our desires are for our own pleasure and glory. And often on this, it's where people you know, might desire something that's good, but desire it too much so that it actually takes control of us and damages ourselves and others. And so with our sinful nature, it's the focus is on ourselves, and there's this whole list in the passage of how this outworks, where there's out-of-control sexuality or false worship, excess. You might think, well, I avoid a lot of those. But then they've got destructive attitudes. So it talks in there about hatred, jealousy selfish ambition and it leads to divisions and that list in in the reading there is basically a kind of a list of hollow pleasures kind of fake imitations of maybe what we most truly desire and with ourselves at the center we can never actually get what we were ultimately made for and the end point it says in in Galatians 6 verse 8 is actually destruction But as Christians here, okay, God's Spirit lives within us and we're given a new nature. I know the writing's a little bit uh, small here, okay, but if we're following Christ, our desires are we want to know Christ more and be more like him. The focus of our life is what the Spirit wants, which is God's glory. And then there's what's called the fruit of the Spirit, a list of things there, okay, that God will then work in through us. And the end result of that is eternal life. So I know there's a lot packed in the reading there, but as Christians we have a new identity. But it's possible to still live out of the old identity. And even though we most truly want God's way, we can have our sinful desires and our godly desires within us. And as Christians, we grow as we battle. There's a story Of an Eskimo, and every Saturday afternoon he would come to a frontier town and he had two dogs, a black dog and a white dog, and he'd train them to fight on command. So, Saturday afternoon, the people from the town would meet in the town square and the dogs would fight, and the Eskimo man would take bets. Some weeks the black dog would win, some weeks the white would win, but the fisherman always knew which one. Was going to win. And his friend said, how, how, how did this happen? How can you always get it right? And he said, I starve one and feed the other. The one I feed always wins because he's stronger. And that kind of shows that warfare that's actually in us. We've got two natures, as it were, and which one will dominate? It's the one that we feed. So God gives us a new identity, but we need to be active in actually living it out and the passage there talks about the ongoing putting to death of the old nature and in the passage it says walk by the spirit be led by the spirit live by the spirit keep in step with the spirit and all of these things are active words well how does this then actually affect us at church well i think it's clear here that as we let god's spirit work in us we change And in the reading, Paul uses this idea of fruit to show what grows in someone's life where we're actually seeking and living according to God's spirit. And what's interesting with the list here, these are all things that will enhance our personal relationships. Now, it's quite interesting to see how sometimes these are portrayed. So here you can see lots of different fruits. Okay, and It kind of gives the idea that these characteristics are all kind of separate from each other. Uh, there's one there maybe a little bit more contemporary. Okay, um, the science teacher in me uh, really likes this sort of one, okay, a bit geeky where it makes it look like they're elements uh, in the periodic table. Um, But but with this type of thing, they tend to give the idea that these things are separate. So here we go, a little grammar check for you here. And I know you're saying, typical teacher, always trying to pick us up on our grammar. Uh, But but what's actually the correct one here? What are the fruits of the Spirit? Or what is the fruit of the Spirit? Now, technically, they're grammatically correct. But in this passage, it's actually the second one. What is the fruit of of the Spirit? Because this is the idea that all of these actually grow together. It's not like you've got separate fruit all over the place. It's like a bunch of grapes where they are all growing together. And you don't get one part growing without all of the parts. And so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of look through... Okay, um, I'll move on to the next one. Again, that might be a little bit uh, faint. I think hopefully we can see that. We're going to just look through what these kind of characteristics are that will grow in someone's life if they're following God's Spirit. And just think... As these grow, how will your life be different and how could our church life be different? So first of all it says here about love and I think this is put first because it does kind of embrace all the others and true community always involves sacrificial love. The idea where you're serving someone for their own worth and value not what you might get back in return. And this is why community is so difficult, because we often want the benefits from being with other people without actually making the sacrifices. But for Christians, sacrificial love is at the heart of everything. We should be the people that really get sacrificial love, because at the centre of our faith is obviously the whole thing of Jesus dying in our place for us to deal with our sins, so we can be friends with him. And As we come to communion, that's the centre, that's the focus okay is god's sacrificial love for us then there's joy and the whole point of this okay is this is kind of delight in god for who god is rather than just what our circumstances are there's peace so this here is the whole idea of confidence and rest in the wisdom and control of god rather than in our, in our own wisdom and control there's patience The ability to face trouble without blowing up or hitting out. Kindness. This whole thing of serving others in a way, but where it actually just makes us very vulnerable. Goodness. Ready to do good to all people. And and, and that sort of sense of integrity, really, that we're the same people wherever we are or whoever we're with. There's faithfulness. Showing loyalty, courage, being true to our word. There's gentleness. Gentleness. Now, um, I'm sure you know, I'm I'm a teacher, and at school, near the end of term, when everyone's getting a little bit... uh, um, There's normally someone who reminds us of the proverb, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And the idea being is when you're... uh, just We tend to just hit everything and and sort of hit out. Um, But the reverse is actually also true. For some people, because of life circumstances, they feel like a nail where everything looks like a hammer. And uh, everything and everyone can be seen as a threat. And um, if you were here a few years ago, you would know we did do a whole sort of series here, thinking about our emotions in relation to our faith. And there was a really useful image like this. With an iceberg, you just see the top, but there's a whole load of things going on underneath. And it's the same really here, that we don't know the half of what other people have gone through in the past or what they're going through now. And I think that's why gentleness is just such an important uh, thing. And uh, it's one of those ones in an increasingly angry world. Yeah. Gentleness is maybe a characteristic that we as Christians can really bring to the table. Yeah. Um, there's also self-control. And uh, uh, one sort of definition of this I really liked was the ability to pursue the important over the urgent, um, where we're not just being pushed around, but actually self control Now, looking at this list of different things there, you know, I want more of this uh, in our life, and I I just want this more for us here. And how do we go about it? Well, it's this thing of starving the old sinful nature and living to please God's Spirit. But how can we actually practically do this um, as a church? Uh, Hang on a second. There we go. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through one or two things here that hopefully will practically kind of help us. So the first thing... Okay, is maybe this week to kind of go away and just try and look at how Jesus treated people. Typical teacher giving us homework. Yeah, I I know, I know, I know. But actually, when you look at Jesus and how he treated people, it's incredible how sensitive he was. People on the edges and margins of society were drawn to him, and the way he handled them uh, was stunning. So we can really learn a lot from that. But communities also learn from each other. So maybe try and think of someone who's been particularly kind to you. Okay, how can we learn uh, from each other? And I know there are so many uh, role models here where we can just learn from each other. A third thing here, okay, what we do when the service ends and when we leave the building. Now, I have to say, this will probably be the worst part of the sermon, okay? because I'm going to suggest different things that might well not resonate with you, and you've probably got a whole load more better practical ideas. So please do tell me. I can use them in the second service, and they'll think they're mine. But but please do uh, let me know of other good ideas here. And likewise, I know everyone's different okay um but some things to think about here and he's already talked here today about maybe trying to chat to someone that you've not actually spoken to before at the end of the service so that's a that's a great thing and again trying to maybe look out for those people where you know they're finding church difficult um, some people just find social situations difficult and maybe there's some people where they're just not able to move around very much in church so really trying to look out Uh, for those people but likewise maybe looking out for those people that move the most Um, if you're hanging around in between the services you will find there are kids zipping around all over the place they are just a part of of this community and they do bring that gift of energy playfulness and goofiness and very sort of uh, understated spiritual gifts So um, we've got that. And um, I know looking out here again, so many of you are so good at looking after and people and caring for people who are ill and for looking after people during those big life events, whether it's births, funerals, weddings. And again, we need to look out uh, for single people where maybe some of those things are not uh, part of their experience. And again, I'm talking to myself here, but I constantly need reminding that God's given me one mouth and two ears. And sometimes I just know I need to listen carefully to people rather than just jumping in with quick solutions or or a better anecdote or something. Um, Again, something I'm very bad at is actually learning people's names. And um, there was someone uh, I know who used to come to the church here where he used to go home and write down names of people, new people that he'd spoken to. And you would know during the week he'd be praying through that list. And when those people came back, he would know and remember them prioritize food and the sharing of food and many of Jesus's most significant interactions were during shared meal times so maybe if you're able have people around for food or if that's not something you can do have people around for a coffee or maybe just go out for a coffee or even just doing simple things together like going uh, for a walk uh, with someone um, these types of things okay can be things that can really build community Last one here, I've got planned time to allow relationships to breathe. Now, in Old Testament times, farmers were commanded to leave crops around the edge of their field. If they dropped crops, to just leave them. They were to leave those um, for other people to collect. And the whole point is, they could have got more crops themselves, but God says, no, leave the margins. And um, I think you're probably much better than this, okay? than uh, uh, maybe uh, some of us that have a slightly younger generation in terms of at the end of the services, you do hang around. And I can see there's a rich time there of getting to know each other. But it's very easy, I find, to come into church, dash around, do this, do this, boom, off I go. And I've not left margins where I can actually properly spend time with people, where people need that time to feel valued and to actually uh, sort of get to know them properly. Now, there's a real danger with all these things I've been saying here that you're hearing these and thinking, oh, there's just a great big long list of things that I need to actually do. And with lists like this, if you're doing them, you can feel, oh, aren't I brilliant? If you're not doing them, you can feel real despair. And both of those attitudes are wrong. And actually, that's the exact pickle that the church in uh, Galatia was getting into. And because what was actually happening here is there were people who had come to faith, they were growing in their faith, and then people came along and said, Oh, you need to be doing a whole load of other things now. It's just, yes, follow Jesus, but you need to be doing a whole load of other things to earn God's favor. And Paul said, No, God's salvation is free. It's a free gift. But you then get God's Spirit living in you who will change you from the inside out. So if you're hearing me today saying, work hard, do more, be better. That's not it at all. But this is just an invitation to follow God's Spirit and to work out how we can practically show what we believe about Jesus and how we want people to grow and thrive. So our sinful nature makes community difficult. But as we live to please God's Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit will grow in us and that will make a difference in us and in the lives of those around us. But moving on in the actual chapter, the passage then describes a massive pitfall or a trap which will mess things up. And this is the whole idea of where we compare ourselves to others to prove our worth. And there's a key verse here. It says, Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And this is talking about where we try and prove our worth to ourselves and others by comparing ourselves. So you might think, oh, I've um, got superior spiritual strength to other people or that's kind of what provoking means or you might just feel very inferior and kind of that looking up and, and envying other people and this whole thing, am I better than someone else? Okay, am I more spiritual? Those types of questions are absolutely toxic and there's, uh, if we just kind of look at the language um, here in Galatians first part of chapter 6 it says watch yourselves If anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Everyone should test their own motives, and again, without comparing themselves to others. And there's a um, a quote here from from Tim Keller. I'll read it because I realise the writing's a bit small. But it says, The gospel creates a new self-image. It humbles me before anyone, telling me that I'm a sinner saved by grace. But it also emboldens me before anyone, telling me that I'm loved and honoured by the only eyes in the universe that really count this sense of humility but boldness and just very quickly in the rest of the the, the sort of reading this works itself out in a number of different ways first of all in terms of correction we actually all need people sometimes that come up to us and say hang on a minute are you really on the right track here but if you think of yourself as spiritually superior you'll be very harsh and judgmental If you think of yourself as just very inferior maybe you'll just never actually challenge anyone when they might need it also in verse 2 it talks here about carrying uh, other people's burdens and if you're carrying someone's burdens it implies closeness to them but if you think of yourself as superior let me through i'll sort out your problems again you're not getting close to people and actually walking alongside people Likewise on this, if that's your attitude, you might never actually share your burdens with someone else when you need to. But likewise, if you feel very inferior, well, what can I do? I can't really be any use to anyone. Again, you're not going to get close to people and help carry their burdens. And also, this whole business of carrying on. If what we do in church and with our caring, if it's a competition, you will run out of steam, you will get weary. But if we know the only sustaining power is God's Spirit... That keeps us humble. But knowing that God's spirit can do amazing things through us makes us bold. So comparing yourself with others will steal your joy and kill true caring and true community. It just doesn't work. And kind of in just tying things together here, if you can imagine two people. Person A uh, had a very stable upbringing in life uh, with work, with school, with family, surrounded by people of good character. Just imagine that person They come to faith in Jesus, yes, and the fruit of the Spirit starts to grow, yes. Then there's person B. They might have had a very unstable life, life been very, very difficult for them. They come to Jesus, yes, the fruit of the Spirit starts to grow, and God's doing a work in them, but there's lots of rough edges. It's very easy for person A to look down at person B, see all the rough edges, and think of themselves, hey, aren't I brilliant? But it might well be the case that for person B, God has actually been doing a much, much greater work in that person's life in changing and transforming them. So I hope we can see comparing ourselves doesn't work. But out of person A and person B, which might be the person who's easiest to sit next to on a Sunday? That's, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because when we come to church, we do actually face a choice. We can just hang out with people that are just very similar to us. requires a little effort we can just care a bit, that's little cost. We can maybe just prioritise the successful, uh, the easy to get on with, which probably makes us look good. Or we can be a church that just welcomes anyone and everyone, knowing that we are all a work in progress. I love this phrase, um, I'm not all that I can be, but by God's grace, I'm not what I used to be. And if our eyes are so fixed on Jesus, we won't get offended at other people's rough edges, and we'll be happy to be part of a community that the outside world might think looks a bit weird, but actually where God's Spirit is active and transforming us from a place of mess to a place of less mess, uh, where we're actually growing more and more like Jesus. Now, I know that's harder, but I think that reflects God's heart, and I think we can be really excited about what God's Spirit can do in us and through us. So what I'm going to say is, um, I know we need to kind of move on with the next bit of the service, but I think it would be really good just to have uh, 30 seconds or so of just silence where we can just maybe reflect on something we feel God's asking us to do, Uh, maybe an attitude of the heart that God's been working on, or maybe just to thank God for how amazing God is. But let's just have a little bit of silence before the next bit of the service moves on.